And we are back with the Maddie and Patty Cavs podcast, part two, if you will, of episode seven. Uh, we got caught off there uh, uh, due to uh, some Comcast bullshittery. Uh, crappy, crappy Comcast. It's bullshit, Maddie. Fuck them. You know, you know, I fucking I cut off Time Warner, uh, even though they were actually cable high speed internet, just because it would do this shit where it would just fail randomly throughout it's the awful. day. What's mm-hmm. what's day? It would just cut off middle, middle of the day. Just cut off. You couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I literally ch- opted for slower service through Verizon, my my now current employer. Uh, full disclosure, uh, since they bought AOL. Uh, I opted for slower service because DSL is not available in my area. I still opted for Verizon. Uh, DSL, sorry. Uh, Fios is not available in my area. So I opted for DSL, Verizon, slower service just to get away from Time Warner bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't on my end, so I'm happy about that. Good. Go you, Verizon, my employer. Uh, all right. So we left off. I was just saying I was wrapping up Delhi's performance in the first three quarters of game three of the NBA Finals, which sees the Cavs up 2-1. Uh, and I said, it's come to the point where, given the fact that Delhi went to the hospital with uh, exhaustion, cramping, exhaustion, dehydration, cramping, get to get IV fluids, it's come to the point where, honestly, just like I said before, Kyrie Irving was the key to the series. Now, with him out, it's Delhi because Delhi, the whole point was defense, not the offense, it's the defense. Yeah, although uh, although we we needed his offense. Last oh, we night to- too. we completely did. We completely did. And frankly, and I'll get I'll get to some of that later when we talk uh, in a home stretch. I have a point to make about that, but I don't want to make it now. Um, Delhi uh, uh, has become the key to this series because of his defense that he provides on Steph Curry is the most important thing. In the same way that Memphis uh, uh, won those two games because of the defense they put on uh, Curry. It's but the thing is, how insane is it, Matt? that I actually made a true statement when I said that the key to this NBA Finals might be the health of Matthew Delevadova. So insane. Just your thoughts on Delhi and what he did to Curry. He, uh, that was a man's performance last night, man. <laughs> a man's man. Seriously, all out. All out, all game long. To, you know, these are the, the things everybody says about Delhi, right? But they bear repeating over and over again, hustling on everything on the ground immediately for all those balls. A reminder that it's not dirty to jump on the ground for a loose ball for everybody that's forgotten that somehow. And I, Mike Miller learned that Mike Miller learned that last night. (laughs) For sure. He did. Um, Every day I'm going to hustle like Delhi. You know, it's, and it's a testament to him that he is playing through his limitations too. Right, because those have come out many times. He's oh he's throwing God. some ugly lobs to nobody. Um, he had the pretty one that I think you'll talk about a little later. But it's mm. doing that. His ball handling is still exceedingly suspect, um, but just willing himself to matter in this series. Mm. Uh, Jesus, man. I mean, when, to the I, somebody said last night that the cheers for Delhi were louder than the cheers for LeBron. Yeah. In that game. Um, well, and, and you and get it, why. How could a team not love him? And that guy, and that guy not love him? to me, that gets to, uh, uh, I think, a perfect thing about Cleveland fandom, particu- particularly, I, I don't know if this, if this, there's an interesting thing about Cleveland fandom uh, in the sense that half of Cleveland fans don't live in Cleveland. 
And, you know, that was point. That was pointed out a lot when LeBron left. Uh, hey, you guys all left Cleveland. Why can't LeBron leave Cleveland? And absolutely right. LeBron had every right to leave Cleveland. And I always felt that. It was, you know, the way he left. It upset me at the time. And we're all good now. I love him again. You know, we made up. And, uh, um, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's personal. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I go, when, you know, when I'm, I live in Brooklyn, I live in New York, I fall, I, I see a lot of like LeBron jerseys and I see a lot of, you know, this or that jersey, you know, and certainly when LeBron left, I saw a lot of Kyrie jerseys, jerseys and I thought to myself, that doesn't show that you're a real Cavs fan. It shows that you're a, you know, Kyrie Irving fan or a LeBron fan because there are a lot of fans out there that just like certain players. I always try to identify with that great iconic guy that only Cleveland fans would love. It's mm-hmm. that sign, like you know, uh, it's that sign that you're a real, true Cleveland fan. And so, you know, I've gone through my Galskis jerseys, my Verizal jerseys. I dabbled in a, and I'm currently rocking a Dion Waiters jersey. God bless you. Uh, God, yeah, well, hey, it's it's three jerseys in one, my friend. Three jerseys in one. Mm-hmm. Osgoff, Shump, and Smith. Uh, you know, and I think that's the same thing going on with Delhi right now. Is that like this is that guy? Like we all know what LeBron does. We know that we can't do anything without him. That's what's so amazing about him. But what's amazing about him is that he creates the platform for someone like Delhi, someone that everyone <laughs> uh, can relate to. Everyone who doesn't have, you know, <laughs> the best athleticism that doesn't that's been counted out. You know, it's like that great underdog story. You love a guy like that. Um, you know, I just I can't say enough about him. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything new that hasn't you haven't seen. Yes, this is about yeah, him right now, but it is worth remarking upon because it is truly remarkable and that just the yes. fact that we are here and <laughs> talking about this that we're talking about him and the role he's playing in the series that he outplayed Steph Curry for three quarters is truly mind-blowing unbelievable and I mean uh, our buddy uh, Grant Keating who I don't think we've name dropped yet and by the way Grant uh, a shout out to you because two of the songs I think I've played no maybe only one but no, no, two of the songs. Two of the songs mm-hmm. I play in this podcast are all because of you. We heard about uh, uh, So Right from J.R. Smith uh, through you, Grant Keating, and also the opening song for the podcast, Come On Cavs, uh, which is just a glorious piece of music. Uh, so shout out to Grant Keating. Um, but uh, Grant was saying, you know, who, who among us like was not calling for him to be like gotten rid of uh, midseason and – you know, not to toot my own but horn. I don't know about gotten rid of, but we certainly were looking for a backup point guard. A backup, I mean, a point, point on the bench, like just, just, just stash him away. Don't, don't, don't give him any meaningful minutes. Is what I mean. Right. Uh, what are we gonna trade him? <laughs> no one's gonna trade for Delhi. And man, now they might, but they weren't, they weren't going to then. Uh, but for me, uh, I, you know, I, I joked in our texting exchange that you know maybe I'm, you know, a soft racist that I, I'm a sucker for, you know, the slow unathletic white guy that hustles and works for everything he gets because you know well i'm not slow i'm a pretty fast guy but uh <laughs> but i'm also white and, you're, you're, and not ter- and not terribly talented so uh you know there's no, no and also slow and all, i'm not slow you call me slow yeah i'm the fastest member of all my friends i will be any one <laughs> of our friends in a foot race you're the tallest midget congratulations my friend you are slow <laughs> well hey you gotta start somewhere Gotta start somewhere. Anyway, uh, point being that I, I always liked him because I thought to myself, you know what? He can play a role. He hits threes, you know, not at a great clip, although actually he hit 40% for, for the season. So mm-hmm. that was amazing. He can hit threes. 
He can sort of bring the ball up the court, and he hustles in a way that was like, I was like, this looks like a playoff guy. This is a guy that I could see if we just, you know, go through the growing pains of the regular season, he would have a role, a moment. But I was imagining a 10 to 15 minute role where he had one key play that contributed. I did not imagine 40 minutes shutting down the MVP of the 2015 season. Like, wow, what the fuck is happening with him? Um, all right, I'm spending too much time on Delhi. Uh, there's plenty more to say. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Delhi, uh, by the way, Matt, is that I just learned uh, that Matthew De- Delavadova's hometown gym is going to rename itself the Delavadova Dome. Oh, the Delhi Dome, which of course I'm sure they're going to be uh, uh, turning, at least nicknaming it. Do you see that St. Mary's is retiring his number or retired <laughs> his number already? I already did, like instantly, apparently. Like they were just like, he's the best we've ever had, I, which I had no idea. Yeah, they love him um, out here. You know, that's right. That's like 25 minutes from Oracle Arena, that college. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, did, I did read about that. The, so crazy. close. There's a lot of fans of his. When, when I've gone to games previously here, like there's St. Mary's fans that are out cheering for him. The, the, the funny thing is, uh, a, a shout out to the Fear of the Sword uh, bloggers. I still remember uh, like two summers ago reading Fear of the Sword blog posts about Summer League and how terrible Delhi was. But like mm-hmm. somebody saying like, you know, but I, I want him to do well. I want, I really want him to, to, to make the team. Just because there's something, something about it kind of stuff, you know, but he's, uh, you know, but joking about how terrible he is actually at, at the game of basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, Delhi, props to you. You give hopes to unathletic uh, uh, <laughs> overachievers everywhere. Um, I think the other big story of the first three quarters of that game were the hard illegal screens that Golden State clearly made a point of setting. Uh, it was clearly a coached point. It was clearly a, a point of emphasis, I think, in their preparation for that game. And it led to the injury to Shump. Not that – I don't know. You may disagree. I think you disagreed. I mean, you thought it was a dirty screen, right? Uh, the screen that injured Shumpert? I, don't know, I mean, it wasn't – outrageously yeah. bad, but was, he, he definitely illegal. leaned into him and moved his feet. Mm-hmm. And actually, just this this harkens back to Delhi a little bit. I wanted to make this point. He set one that I thought was much more egregious earlier in the game where he caught Delhi coming up the court oh, high. and Real put, high. A sh- put a shoulder into him like you would see a football player do uh, on a gun or on a punt play. Yeah. Um, and Delhi knocked him down afterwards. And if you saw Grantland guys, Kirk Goldsberry, I think, comment on this, and you, I saw it a lot on Twitter last night. Everybody was like, there's Delhi going for a knee again, yeah, being I got, dirty. I got I am, too, some people. I am furious about this. One, nobody called out Green for what he did. Yeah, Also, if you fuck? really go, which was outrageous, if you really go and look at the replay, Delhi does do, it's a little dirty for sure. He oh, does something. Oh, totally dirty. He puts a shoulder into his, his hip and mid-thigh area. It's not his knee at all. Mm-hmm. knocks him down or green just falls down to try to draw the contact green then tries to trip belly grabs him grabs his foot with his hand and immediately he's fine immediately pops up and calls for the ball out at the top of the three-point line um Dally is not dirty that diving around is not dirty i am getting real upset with people saying that it is i heard shane battier on zach Lowe's podcast be like well he's not dirty but those are dirty plays like that nonsense parsing of it um so it is my mission, Pat, moving forward uh, to point this out anytime players dive and nobody calls them dirty amongst these people that are, that are insinuating that line. 
Uh, I will oh. never let that one go. Oh, there were some Ever. amazing. There were some amazing tweets sent out by Fearless Horror Podcast towards the end of the uh, podcast. Sorry, uh, 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 t- uh, Twitter, Fearless Horror Twitter, uh, uh, towards the end of the Hawks series of just photo after photo after photo of all the Hawks players calling Delhi dirty for diving at players' knees, diving for a ball near someone's legs. Like, yeah. look, not dirty. Look, not dirty. Not dirty. Or, or whatever, dirty, whatever. Uh, I mean. That drove me it's crazy. One of the I got into it a little bit with. Um, I got into it a little bit with a few Atlanta uh, 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 Twitter uh, Hawks Twitter uh, uh, guys. I still follow them from from the previous series because uh, some of the guys that I started following that uh, 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 Fear the Sword recommended uh, are are actually good followers and good fun guys. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I point out like, oh, so we're just gonna we're just gonna t- point out the deadly dive at the knees and just just not talk about the shoulder shiv. Uh, that Dre Green, the totally, completely, unambiguously dirty shoulder shiv he threw in Delhi. We're not going to talk about that at all? All right, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, right. It, it was super weird, too, because if you look at the replay, a ref is looking right at the entire sequence and just lets it go. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, Matt. Let, let's call – what the ref to the illegal screens in this series, but to this game, uh, you and I obviously are on a mission – to, um, you know, as I've said to somebody else, I, I even caught, talked somebody down on Twitter about, like, illegal screens saying, look, this is the way they call it. I think it's bullshit, but they are calling it this way. But why are they calling it this way? I'm watching them do this. They're letting them lean into it. But also, like, you, you were pointing out the ass sticking out. Yes. How do you call that? So much of that. It's the, the shit. It's, it's really freaking dangerous. It, cause it, get, it gets like a guy's legs. It's, it's tripping it's 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 the same kind of dangerous stuff that apparently you know everyone's you know crucifying Delhi for. They're doing it, except we don't call it because I don't know. We just don't we don't get yeah. set over for some reason because it's not Delhi. It, it it's maddening to me. It was it was bad in uh, what Noah was doing in the Bulls series is the most egregious until now. But yeah, you know I I get it from the Warriors' perspective that the refs aren't calling it. Do it. That's an advantage. But mm-hmm. it is. Driving me up a wall. Awful. And Awful. inconstant throughout the game. Just throughout it. And I, I just don't want to do about it because they change you know, teams every night, so you don't know what the series flow is going to be. I almost want there to – Here's another yeah, question. Yeah, to be one crew that calls the whole series. I would just have one crew. Uh, that way they can self-correct. You know, I they was get, thinking they about that. I haven't, yeah, I haven't read anything about that, and there must be – some reason if it's just it's too tiring for the refs they want guys fresh it's a union thing where guys need to be able to get those gigs i don't know what the I, you know i yeah the i guess behind I, it is there must be something but it is i i had the same feeling like let's have guys that call a consistent game throughout or at least like two different crews maybe so there's some consistency guys so teams know all right these guys call it this way these guys call it that way you know and just adjust you know F- fine but like different crews every single game i just no, it feels like a grab bag yeah, you gotta have the best crews. Period. Crews that worked. I, I I like the idea of having the same crews that work together all year, as opposed to like the top, you know, lead referees. You know, yeah. like all star team. That's that's not a good thing. Uh, we, Matt, this is a, this is a this is a research project that I don't think. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'll have time to get into it. Uh, I'd love to. Um, I, I've sort of been annoyed at my at my job for uh, you, you know being busy. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, I know it's really jamming job. everything up. The nerve of my job, the demand professionalism out of me, and I and I have to provide. 
it's frustrating that I can't uh, spend some more time uh, and free time for, uh, researching this stuff. But I really want to research this because I, I, it just doesn't seem right to me. That, that I, I'm curious as to how NBA teams can um, uh, NBA teams. I'm sorry, how the NBA actually referees these NBA finals? Like, how, how have they done in the past? Has it been one crew? Has it always been a different crew every game? Have they done the all-star method? Have they uh, done the crew method? I feel like they're doing the crew method now because this these. Uh, and they seem like the same crews that I remember seeing in the regular season in terms of when I see, you know, I don't uh, think that's, Crawford. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. I think I think yeah. these are a version of all star crews. Like these are guys that have earned playoff. Do you, you think finals. it's all star crews? You think it's all star crews? Yeah. Mm. I think so. Mm. I think that's wrong because I feel like, you know, you gotta have leadership, just like, you know, teams in the NBA, you gotta have teams and referees. Uh this this is a big point. All right, we should take we should table this for now. We'll get some research and actually have something more interesting and, and useful to say uh, to our listeners. Uh, agreed? Yeah, j just as long as you recognize that I'm most likely right, we can move on. <laughs> I don't think I was totally disputing. I just didn't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm happy to give that to you. That's a very easy give since I don't care. Um, Thank you. But let's move on to some other, the best parts, the final parts of the first three quarters. And I'm honestly, the third quarter was the best part. I mean, can we just talk about you referenced it earlier? The Deli Braun lob jam. A lot of fun. Holy shit! I lost. I think that's where I lost my voice. Uh, I've gained <laughs> a little bit back tonight, uh, but like I felt embarrassed afterwards, but it was because I just was like, yeah, it's as loud as I fucking good jumping up and down uh and i immediately turned to apologize to the very quiet solitary golden state fan that was sitting next to me this th that was a weird one she was just sitting there not talking to anyone else but clearly she was a golden state fan and but didn't talk to she, anybody else. a woman too yeah, yeah 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 it was weird a woman went by herself out to the bar a warriors fan to watch yeah this? and wasn't wearing any gear but it's clear to me that she was a warriors fan she's clearly invested in watching and i think seemed to be annoyed at how loud <laughs> loud i was i mean i can imagine you were extremely obnoxious i would assume i was literally right next to her the whole game so oh, i was no, frequently apologizing to her uh you know and she didn't seem to be bothered but you know whatever anyway uh that was just so fucking amazing and like that was the moment i thought for a second and that, i think that's the moment where you know our friend jeff for stiggy uh did his best to fucking blow it for everyone like goddamn asshole saying this game's over oh. with, with 14 minutes to go and only like a 13-point lead at the time. I think that, that was the, the, the jam led to a 13-point lead, I think. It wasn't, wasn't that big at the time, I feel like. Um, no, I think the jam was actually later during our come. I think that was when Golden State had started to chew into the lead really? a little bit, actually. Really? Yeah. That's my thing. I, so. This goes back to, to our friend Ed, Dave Deming's point of just watching the game after you know what's going to happen. Like you remember things more clearly <laughs> without the fog of oh, for sure. fear and panic. Uh, but other things, I, other things in that sequence was just LeBron's passing. There was some great um, uh, 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 vines I saw on Twitter of just like pass after pass where LeBron is throwing it like cross court so fucking fast right in the shooting pocket. Like it's it, if you don't know how hard it is to catch a ball out of the shooting pocket and then shoot, and I only kind of know that because I'm terrible at basketball, um, uh, but you know, just you, you just don't know how hard that is and how amazing it is that he does that so perfectly. He gets it there so fast and then right the the perfect spot for a quick shot. Mm -hmm. Incredible. 
Um, and it led to the Golden State sulking that I, you know, that led a lot of us to think for a second. I, you know, I was, I was pretty, I, I held strong. I, I did not uh, cave. I, I was pretty sure we were going to come back, but still. Um, they let us. No, I think I said it to start in the fourth quarter. This is less points than uh, than they were down to the Pelicans. Yeah, and as I said, in game, in game three in the first round, they're totally capable of this, and we have demonstrated that we are totally capable of blowing the lead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. many times. Look, look uh, 12, uh, 12 minutes, four points per minute is my rule, right? So how many mm-hmm. how many point how many points is that? That's forty eight, right? Yeah, double so it. So that means you need ninety six, ninety six points. In the fourth quarter, if you have a ninety-six point lead in the fourth quarter, you're, you then you can relax against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that's the rule. That's how it works. So let's move to the last so, half, the last part of the game. Well, do you have anything to say about the first three quarters? Go ahead. A couple other things in that third quarter. One, how about our defense? Then, man, our defense was crazy. Exactly uh, on his podcast said I think he thought the third quarter was the best defense he's seen a team play this year. Somebody compared how they were playing to the zombies in 28 Days Later. Like that kind of ferocity and activity level. Swarming. We were swatting things at the rim like crazy. Oh, my God. It was nuts. Um, And and, and the worst Mozgov's. Go ahead. Mozgov's verticality on Draymond runs to the rim where he's just engulfed him. Uh, LeBron getting – I love when LeBron gets so fired up on D. Hold on. Hold on. Can I just say how often I shouted to all the Warriors fans who were bitching in that bar, rule of verticality, rule of verticality. I was pointing <laughs> at them. I was like, he went straight up. The dude drove into him. That was a completely great call. I cannot believe these horrible refs, which we'll get into uh, later, uh, called that correctly. But they called it correctly consistently all game. I just I don't want to get that these fucking refs, but I'll get to that in a second. All right, continue. Continue with LeBron. What you were saying with LeBron. So I love, love how fired up he was on D when he's getting in and really going oh nuts God. at the rim is another level for him. And mm-hmm. during that stretch, and this played out in the fourth quarter, which we'll talk about, he was hitting shots like crazy. He was putting oh in those, uh, those crazy like one-step turnarounds. In the, yeah, in the he leaves back four feet. Nasty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nuts. He was uh, filthy. Those stopped dropping a little bit in the fourth quarter, which led to some of our problems. But I think – there's also, um, I think Brian Windhorst, I saw, tweeted this or mentioned it in an interview today. LeBron hasn't had a good shooting game yet in this series, obviously, right? Like, right. And that efficiency versus volume mm-hmm. thing is a big talking point. Windhorst said he's going to have one, he thinks, at some point. Uh, I don't know if he will, but it's certainly possible either. that he does. And if he does, it's going to be insane because yeah. he's going to score 60 points. And it, yeah. that certainly is something that he's capable of. And would probably be enough to put one game away for us. True. Um, so just something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I hope for that every night. Uh, I just don't see it coming because I feel like lately it comes in spurts. I, I've never seen it over a whole game. Honestly, I've never seen LeBron for an entire game have a shooting streak like that. It's one of those things where he, well, rides, he rides out to, to pure efficiency, just like he did in the Detroit game, the 48 special. Uh, he it was the fourth quarter where he got hot and he just he just rode that out and crushed it. I agree with you, but I'm talking about a game where he shoots sixty percent from the field. And the other thing is he's not settling for jumpers so much. I think he does sometimes because he's exhausted and conserving energy. He's going to the rim a lot. He's getting hacked. Yeah, no calls. Yes. with no calls. And that's that's another thing that is 
eating into his efficiency like crazy. Dwayne Wade was needling him a little bit in the interview last night for yeah. his own efficiency Saw and lack that. of shots in the 06 series. If you remember back to 06, that was infuriating, and Dwayne Wade started to make a murder list because he was just throwing himself <laughs> oh my God. into Mavericks defenders and getting calls, and all the shots he was throwing up in those circumstances did not count as field goal attempts because he was fouled. Yeah. So if you take every time LeBron's driving to the basket, getting hammered and throwing up shots that don't get in and not getting called, those are all attempts on his field goals, field goal attempts that are counting against his shooting percentage that, in my opinion, should really be free throw attempts. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing that's really hurting his efficiency. Um, and that's also something that who the hell knows what these refs are doing could start to flip if a game was called a little more honestly. I appreciate that he's hard to call in the same way that Shaq was sort of hard to call. Yeah, um, yeah. But they are getting away. And, again, credit to them. The same way if you're allowed to, to set illegal screens, well, you might as well set them. If you're allowed to hack LeBron as much as you want on his way to the rim, you might as well do it. Might as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even the Warriors fans I know here were admitting during the game that they were just like, yeah, we're getting away with it. Why wouldn't we do this? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree with them. I agree with them. that They're playing the game the right way. It's it's frustrating, though. I just don't – that's why I get angry at the refs. I don't get angry at the other team for that stuff. Um um, all right, let's get on to the 14 minutes of horror because it really started towards the end of the third quarter, their comebacks. We, we, we were up 21, 22, I feel like. Um, I, feel, you know, I heard 22, but I feel like we, only, we were only up 20 at one point. But anyway. Yeah, it was just 20. Uh, just 20, and uh, that was you know before the end of the third quarter. So it started happening towards the end of the third quarter. Um, first at the end of the fourth quarter, to begin the fourth quarter, LeBron had that cute one minute of rest, which was just absolutely terrifying every single second. Uh, yeah. this team without LeBron on the court, I mean, seriously, he played all but two minutes in that fucking game. He played mm-hmm. six minutes. That's fucking insane. I just, I, I, what the fuck? I don't know. How, it, it, this gets to, I think, something our, our, our buddy Ned Sackman said, um, uh, our, our, you know, number one listener. Uh, this is the kind of series that, and we'll talk about this more towards the end when we talk about the, uh, the game uh, f- for preview. We gotta, we gotta kill them now because I don't know that we can really win a seven-game series. I don't know that we have the energy and the, you know, the stamina to win a seven-game series. Oh. Or importantly, I think the talent, right? Like that's the thing about the NBA. That's why the best teams almost always win in series is because talent wins out. We are at a talent gap. I I almost everybody would admit that. The longer the series goes, um, the more likely that talent is to win out. Yeah, except except that we do have some. I mean, the thing about guys like Shump and Smith is that they are incredibly talented. They are mercurial. Is the thing, right? Uh, you don't know who's going to show up. We have enough mercurial guys that you know we can still kind of hang in there with a guy like LeBron because LeBron is better than anyone else in this series by a large margin. Um, well, you know, I want to say too large of a margin because because you know Curry when he's on is horrifying. Right, um, that was the, Curry in the fourth quarter was the most terrifying. And, and that's what I want to get to next is that fact that. Curry obviously caught fire in that fourth quarter, and it was horrifying to watch. Because I, I, yeah, I mean, Jesus, it just that lead evaporated so quickly, and that's why we have said take take the normal rule we established for you can feel comfortable and double it because the Warriors have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, another guy who can get really hot. Uh, Curry gets hot more often, I feel like. 
It was more automatic, kind of. You know, it's more assumed. But what I found interesting, Matt, um, and then you tell me what you think. I'll I'll start first because uh, I just talk, uh, you know, the <laughs> talk too much, anyways. Uh, it's funny toward, towards the like tenth minute, eleventh minute. You know, when LeBron came in, Delhi went out for some reason. I didn't know why at first. I was confused. It looks like he was starting to get those cramps. Those crazy cramps oh, I think- he got by the end of the night, and he sat down. So Blatt started putting Shump on Curry. Now, Shump's our best defender, supposedly. Uh, I, still, I still think he is our best defender, normally. The difference is, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I feel like he just has a hard time with guys like Curry. Uh, quick, super fast, small guys. Shump's, Shump's strength is bothering you with his length and his quickness, not his physicality. Because he's so long, if he gets physical, it's a foul. You know what I mean? It's I don't know how that explains it. Like when you get those long limbs, if you get physical and bump up against somebody, it's just it's just more obvious because your limbs catch somebody. You know, it just looks bad. Whereas you know, a guy like Dudley can get away with it a little more because he's just chest bumping. You know, it looks a little more clean, I guess. I I, I don't know. This is my my totally uh, bullshit made up on the spot uh, 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 theory. Um, I think it's probably some, a black white thing, Pat. It might be a black white thing. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm serious in terms of the actual length thing. Seriously. No, no. I mean that uh, uh, I, I would love to think there was a black-white thing uh, uh, because you know my theory mm-hmm. about uh, dirty players, uh, 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 white dirty players getting away with it. Um, but I think, honestly, it doesn't – I watch, you know, Chump. Uh, and Chump gets away with a mate. He doesn't get away with it, actually. He's actually one of the best in the league at cleanly stripping the ball. I've never seen anyone who's so great at just getting his hand, like, clearly on the ball. You know, when mm-hmm. those those hard swipes. But, you know, when he's trying to be physical against a guy, he's got these long arms. I don't know. I, I, I stopped talking because this is not a good theory. Anyway, um, I, the point is that Shump was terrible on Curry. He gets he got torched by Curry. And more curiously, the defense switched to a switch defense. The entire game, mm-hmm. three quarters in, we guarded Curry with a hard, uh, not quite a trap, but a show and recover, right? We would throw yeah. out the pick man hard on him, push him out, you know, past, you know, the 30, 30 foot line, right? 30 foot from the basket to give Delhi time to recover. With Shump, we let TT, for example, for some reason, just switch because we go, oh, he can cover him. And TT is, you know, an amazing defender, particularly even against uh, uh, guys, you know, most, most all star point guards. But not against Curry. Curry just torched him. Seven for eight he was against TT. Seven for no, eight. No, it was, it, was, it was curious to me. It looked to me on a bunch of those that Curry's man, if it was Deli or Shumpert, was ready to get back on him. Mm-hmm. And TT just didn't go back on his guy. It's almost like TT waved him off and was just like, I got this. And like it's a split-second thing, right? Like the, other, the guard needs to get back on Curry. He needs to get back on the, on the screener. And it, Interesting. it felt like – it looked to me like it was – that was TT. I don't know if that was their plan and that's just what they executed or if TT just got caught up in it and got freaked out and didn't make the right call to get this. back to I got this. I'm a good guy. Yeah, I can, I can handle this. You know? You're, or I got this or I'm too scared that you don't have it and he's such a big deal that I need to – whatever it is, it felt to me like TT was blowing the assignment a little bit but, but, but I agree. But whatever it is, I agree with you. We don't – that can't happen. But what's crazy, they, they, they wouldn't do it with, with Delhi. When Delhi came back, you know, they I think they switched it all. 
I mean, this is, again, the problem with not being able to watch the game. So I think yeah. they switched it with both of them. I don't know. I feel like towards the end of the game when Delhi came back in and started guarding him again in the last, like, two, three minutes, um, the Delhi kept with him. And, it, uh, you know, Curry was by that point hot and started hitting shots on, on Delhi. So, so, I mean, Delhi's numbers against Curry were less impressive tonight because it was like three of six of three-pointers. He was, you know, not great, but, like, not as horrible on shot. All that came – in the last like three minutes, all those shots, like he was destroying Curry three three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that honestly, the part of the reason why Curry was crushing Delhi at the end of the game is because he got his rhythm going. Now, and that's the big fear going forward is that does you know Curry have his rhythm now, and are we fucked? You know, because <laughs> we can't withstand well, that kind of offense. Uh, that's one. But- I mean, I think I think there's questions about the Warriors making adjustments. Mm-hmm. My brother just uh, just sent us something to say mm-hmm. if he if he was Curry, he would stop running pick and rolls for Curry and just let him operate one on one against yeah. Delhi or whoever is guarding him. I think that's right because Delhi cannot stay with him one on one. That's true. I saw that um, a little bit. I saw that a little bit uh, towards the end of the game uh, a couple of times. Curry would just start to do this one on one, you know, stuff. All at the same time, that's also bad basketball. Uh, and I think Curry's game is a little you know, like I think it gets in the rhythm. Like he can do that once he's got that rhythm going. You know, I think I, I you know that might be fool's gold, Johnny. That's my that's my only that's my only hope. Because if it if that's true, John, we're fucked. We're not gonna, not gonna win the series. If all they have to do is just do one on one, no picks, and just have Delhi. Sorry, just to have uh, Curry. <laughs> that's well, it's a, it's a version. Uh, it's a version of what Golden State does, right? Like if Golden State's yeah. thing is let's let LeBron beat us and he can score however many points. And if the, I don't know how they'll react to this, but you could also say from the Cavs, fine, play up on him. Don't give him three-point shots. Let him get into the lane and try stuff around the hoop or his little floaters and everything. And even if he's good, it's only two points versus three points. Um, I don't I, it, it certainly is out of their offense, right? Like they like the that chaos that they got with the stuff moving around. Beautiful basketball. Getting, beautiful basketball. They like that. The Cavs have taken that away very well, right? Like that's what they've done. And part of that has just been sagging off of Barnes and Green and Igadala and just saying these guys can beat us if they're going to, and we don't we we're betting they they won't, and that bet's been right so far. Yeah. And it doesn't look like those guys are close to getting it back right now. And so if you were in that situation, I could see Kerr saying Screw it. Let's let's ride MVP and you go create some offense and at least yeah. let's try that versus yeah. what's been going on and, and clearly not working for them so far in the series. Yeah, and, and as John just said in another uh, text to us, uh, he can at least break down the D and kick out, and that's absolutely true. I I don't I don't know why he needs a screen to beat Delhi off the dribble. It's just what they've been doing. He so doesn't. so so yeah, it's interesting. I I I would be. That that is a great thing to look out for, and I, and hopefully the Cavs saw that, and are anticipating that, and are planning around how to deal with that. And honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know how they deal with that. I don't know how they now deal this, with that. That's going to be the most fascinating thing to me about Game Four is the adjustments, right? Like there's lineup stuff, there's play calling stuff. What Speak- is her going to do, and then how good is Vlad to? to anticipate and, and counterpunch. Speaking of one adjustment, they, 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 I mean, it's, the, the Warriors have thrown out a huge adjustment every game. In game two, they uh, neutralized TT by putting uh, Bogan on him, but TT kind of beat him in game three. You know, he, he overcame that in game three. But game two, it was a difference maker. We just happened to pull it out. 
Um, in game three, the big wrinkle that Golden State threw down the stretch was David Lee. Yeah. Uh, the all-star, the highest-paid player on Golden State's roster. Uh, he played so his crazy. first minutes of the finals. Like, can, 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 I, can I just say, uh, uh, if we have any Golden State fans listening, uh, and God bless you if you are listening to this. I mean, Jesus, you care about your team if you're listening to a Cavs bo- uh, podcast. Um, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you guys. You guys have David fucking Lee on your goddamn bench doing goddamn nothing for two full finals fucking games. Fuck you guys. You guys have so much. You have so many guys. Yes, we have LeBron, and I get that. That's 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 our that that fuck you back to us. But holy shit, you! I mean, David. Uh, sorry, uh, Steve Kerr. I think is a great coach. He's been showing it throughout the series, throughout this playoffs. His adjustments are incredible, and the balls he has to put a guy like David Lee on the bench. Uh, but uh, I mean, what a fucking luxury! To be able to go, oh, by the way, we have this guy. We can just kind of throw out, you know, in the middle of a series in the fourth quarter. That you haven't been playing for, <laughs> that you haven't been planning for, or scheming for because we haven't played him at all. I mean, he yeah. was a huge difference maker, and it's a big fucking deal that we won that game and survived that surprise because now we do have some time to plan for him now because Golden State will be fucking insane if they didn't play David Lee 30 minutes tomorrow. Honestly. I mean, David Lee, especially without Draymond Green's been playing. He's horrible right now, David Green. Draymond Green. David Lee needs to be playing some big minutes. And that could be good in the sense that we can, you know, open things up on offense. But honestly, our offense is so troglodytic, you know, troglodytic. Uh, you know, we are – we have so few weapons on offense, uh, creators at least on offense, reliable creators – that um, I don't think we're going to really expose David Lee that much on defense. And more importantly, he's more valuable to what they can provide on offense. Like, that's how they're going to beat us. Uh, John just texted Johnny Youngner, your brother, just texted he's a huge liability on D. Yes, he is, but we're terrible on D. They can survive the same way that we can survive with Kevin Love, you know, the same way that we want Kevin Love to space the floor so we can get some offense going, for God's sakes. We don't have that. I mean, David Lee is not nearly as good a player as, as Kevin Love uh, in terms of spacing the floor and offense, but he is a crucial player for Golden State, I think, in the rest of this series. Uh, and how – I mean, think about it. I mean, he, he was huge on offense, spacing, passing, scoring. They've had no post play. He actually gave them – he didn't get any post play, but he had some you know down-to-the-basket paint buckets, uh, but mm-hmm. also boards. Boards. He's actually a a uh, you know tonic for the Golden State's problem against uh, Mozgov and Titi. He can actually counteract some of that stuff. So that's a worry for the Cavs of being able to counteract that stuff. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about it. I think he's got the ability to draw some fouls on our big guys too, which is yeah. we talked about. Yeah, we that's afford fouls at all. But you know he's also got the uh, the Mike um, Miller factor that he hasn't been playing much at all. So you know I don't. But he played so great last night in short spurts that I I'm worried about him. Yeah, I don't know how many minutes he's going to be able to give them productively, and something we can do to try to exploit him. 
on defense. It was interesting in that fourth quarter. I think this is a sign of how exhausted LeBron was. The league got switched on to LeBron a couple times, and LeBron couldn't do anything with him. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I saw that, yeah. Which is not a testament to David Lee's defense. I no, promise you. no. Um, so, now that that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, that and I think Iguodala playing uh, for Barnes. Iguodala was I thought their best player last night until Curry caught fire. Yeah, um, let let's you worry me most. Let's light a candle for uh, uh, Harrison Barnes. Holy shit, that was an all time stinker. Uh, yeah, I, I I really hope he keeps doing that. Uh, I just you know, boy, that's tough. That's a tough night. He's a great he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great player. Sorry, I shouldn't say great. He's he's a good he's a really good solid player. Um, and oh uh, uh, of eight he was. He had nothing. I mean, his box score is just horrible. Uh, no, and then, then defense, the notion that offense. he the notion that he can guard LeBron, I I hope we can all discard now. But we can put LeBron them, just ate him for lunch. We can put them put that to bed. And, and and if Golden State is smart, uh, you know they, I they probably keep the same starting lineup just to keep the things flowing and not upset people and keep people happy. But they're gonna they're gonna play Godala in like six minutes in and play him forty minutes. They should be playing. I mean, at the most. Yeah, if if they're playing, if they're not playing Iguodala forty minutes, they're crazy. Um, uh, other things I thought was crazy was that triple screen they did uh, uh, to spring Curry for that three that cut lead to one or twenty point lead to one. Do you remember that? I mean, yeah, that that was amazing basketball. I I think one of our buddies, I think Ned actually was like furious and just throw you know wanting to kill. Uh, 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 green for his like you know moving pick on that the, the triple screen, but just just the execution of one screen, our guy go. But also, but the Cavs, the way the Cavs defended it, it was just it, automatic screen. Uh, man goes out, flares out in Curry. Another screen on that guy. His man flares out, screens on Curry. Another man screens him. And then Mozgov flares out on Curry and gets a hand up in a really good defensive position. And Curry just, you know, splash, as they say, in Golden State. Uh, that was incredible. And that's what terrifies me is that we played that as well as we could have. And that was an amazingly executed series of picks. And we played it so well, and he still sunk it. So that's what really scares me about uh, Golden State going forward. Um. But can we just briefly, Matt? I don't know if you have anything else to say about uh, before that. I, I just want to just—I'm probably wrong about the sequence of these events, but let's just recap briefly what happened at the end of that game. There was a triple screen, you know, the uh, the spring curry for that three pointer that cut the lead to one, and then Delhi got fouled about four times before he shot yeah. the ball. Like like egregiously, like I was just screaming. I mean, I, I was in the bar, even you know, in, in my softened state of of you know not being stuck in a cell, uh, uh, losing my shit. On the fifth foul, he jumped and threw up this miracle prayer that banked in, and he got and he sank the M one. And LeBron. By the way, what Curry had the nerve after the game when asked about that play to say. Yeah, it was a crazy shot. I mean, I don't know if I if I got him or not. But, oh, fuck you. Uh, you know, fuck you, Steph. Yeah. Fuck you, Steph. Unreal. Fuck you. Give me a fucking yeah. break. You you knew you fouled him like four fucking times. That was ridiculous. This was, this was not 
This is not the Delhi rebound, uh, which was also a foul in game two that he put back up and got fouled on. Uh, this was not that foul, which was which was a light call, but frankly, we had earned after those ridiculous calls that all Golden State fans, I think, all reasonable Golden State fans uh, acknowledge were as ridiculous. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Delhi hits the six at three, six at one, and then LeBron hits that three to push up to the seven. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like LeBron also got the steal right after that, and he pointed to his head. I don't think it was. I think Golden State scored, and then we came down and turned the ball over. They came back, and that's when he got that steal. Steal, right? And then pushed the pushed the lead back up, and he was pointing to his head. And he said later, you know, I think Grant was saying, was he really like getting Steph's, you know, Steph's head? Saying, "I'm in your head." Apparently, LeBron said, "No, no, no." I was saying, I seen that play. I knew exactly what you guys yeah. were running, and I, I just, I, I anticipated it and stole the ball. Um, but then Curry just kept killing, just kept splashing. It was terrifying. Uh, he would just, you know, sneak free for, you know, a sliver and just drain it, you know, without any effort. And then we got the ball in the outbounds and then Chump literally passed the ball to Stephen Curry at the top of the three-point line and he missed it. I couldn't believe that. What the fuck? Do you know I, who he was trying I to pass to? the floor after that. I think he thought Delhi was cutting up. <laughs> Your brother just, just texted us about this. Exactly. Uh, you know, they, and they thought Delhi was cutting up, but I don't know what he thought he saw because, like, I couldn't see it. I don't know. I think he thought someone was cutting that way unless, I don't know, I – Jesus. It was it was completely unreal. It was one of those, are you fucking kidding me? And then That would have gone down it. with Vlad's uh, timeout call when we had no timeouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has to. It has to go in the lexicon. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. I can't believe that he didn't hit sink that, first of all, given how hot he was. Oh. So, Van Stepp misses. Then the Delhi inbounds play, right? He's going for yeah. the ball. I can't believe they call a foul on that because, one, Clay Thompson was trying to foul him on the play. Two, did mm -hmm. foul him several times. Three, had his hand on the ball with his foot out of bounds, and Delhi inexplicably and stupidly, he should have just like played off the I got thrown into the you know out of bounds play. You got to call a foul. I'm forced to call a foul. Threw the ball back into play. So the ref said, "Oh, whistle." It wasn't really a foul, so it's Golden State's ball because he threw out of bounds. Oh, let's review it. Oh, he was stepping out of bounds. I mean, holy shit! That these refs, and this gets to my next my, my part two of what the ref. Uh, one more, one more sequence. There, one more Pat. sequence before I get to that. Yes, Delhi inbounds. They make the right call, we, and LeBron saying thank you, thank you, like to them, like like Jesus Christ, you fucking got it right. That I mean, like I, some of the Golden State fans were upset. I'm like, no, 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 no. That was 100% fair. That was what should have happened. He was out of bounds. Number one, two. He also fouled. Like, there's no, no, no reason you should be upset. You don't have the ball. This is the Cavs ball. Mm -hmm. uh, but two. Uh, uh, you know, just LeBron and Deli on the floor at the end of the game. That was, I will say, a egregious foul by LeBron just crashing the, into, into Curry that didn't get called. But at the same time, the slide tackle, the slide tackle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The slide tackle, the FIFA slide tackle. Uh, that was a red card for sure. Uh, you know, not red card, yellow card. I would say he's not going to be ejected for a game. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was definitely a foul. But you know, 
an entire game's worth of drives to the basket where, again, what the fuck? And this is my, this is my what the ref part two. What the ref with how they're calling LeBron? Like, it's the Shaq treatment, but, like, he's getting just completely hacked throughout these games, just flying to the basket. What? The, I don't yeah. fucking get it, man. It, it's, it's, it's getting to the point of, like, you – what do they have to do? Does it punch him in the fucking face to get a foul? If he gets punched in the face, all right, then you'll call a foul on a drive. Like they can do whatever else they want to him because he's just gigantic. I don't get it. This is this is ridiculous. He's uh, actually really maintained his composure pretty well yes, through all that. Amazingly, amazingly. I mean, that's a general theme for him. Is he's really held his uh, his shit together throughout this? I think that's part of his leadership mantra. I think the Cavs in general, you don't see a ton of complaining about calls from them. Um, no, and I think LeBron will get into them. I mean, if the thing, Blatt really does not get into them. And my dad was saying, you know, I think after game two's win, you know, Blatt, David Blatt should should uh, uh, call the refs out. He should just do it, take the fine, and, you know, and really send a message to them. Like, I don't know, Dad. Uh, I thought it was great that, um, you know, Mike Brown back in, you know, 07 on our, on our, on our big run made the whole, we're not, we're not, you know, no excuses team. You know, he, he had the whole thing, and I feel like that really helped us out long run. I feel like that's the kind of thing. I think it builds, you know, respect and trust with refs. When you don't call them out, you you know, you let them know you're pissed about the call. You let them know that you're upset and angry, but you don't then grandstand and show them up. That's the wrong thing to do. And I think that that's, that's how we've carried ourselves. The Golden State Warriors are taking the exact opposite tack and haven't been punished for it yet, I feel like. They've been grandstanding the whole fucking series, like just screaming guys in their faces for obvious foul calls. Like there's not even something that you should be arguing over. Uh, yeah. and haven't been uh, punished by the refs, but I think it's I think it's um, it might be playing into it. Yeah, it might be playing into our, our late game uh, uh, calls because we have been, we have been fortunate a bit. Well, I'm sorry, not in game two. Game two, Jesus Christ. But I don't even mean that. I just mean from a, a demeanor and how you carry yourself and what it means and and wanting it huh. and not looking for excuses. I, th- I yeah. do think there is something to that. Is the like the Cavs clearly have excuses galore lined up for why they shouldn't be in this series, right? Yeah. And part yeah. of their their ethos right now is we don't give a shit about those excuses. We're winning yeah. this goddamn thing. Absolutely. Whatever we have to do. Absolutely. And next man ne- – somebody else goes down, fine. Next man we'll up. Deal with it. Uh, Fuck it. Call in terrible plays, whatever. We'll deal with it. Um, Take I think it that's to- a big part of their strength right now. It's just that mentality. Yeah. I agree. And uh, that's how we have to play this game. That's how these guys have to have that the, the mentality going forward. And I think I'm trying to remember who uh, wrote this, but that was the basic uh, message LeBron has been giving to the Cavs this whole time: is we have to beat the shit out of these guys every fucking night. Like we have. Yeah. I think I might be. That was Jason Lloyd. Jason yeah. Lloyd said that. Yeah, I might be verbatim about this. Like we have to beat the shit out of these guys every the goddamn living hell out of them. The bit living hell out of them. Yes, that was the right phrase. Uh, and you know, not in a in a dirty way because we aren't being dirty. Uh, uh, but just Nate, we have to really fucking fight these guys in a way that, like you know, you see, like I saw a tweet from Damian Lillard last night, um, just saying, "Damn, the Cavs fucking want it. Like yeah. they want it." Bad. Saw that from Kobe too. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's true. You, clearly, we clearly want it more than the Warriors. 
That is absolutely true. Uh, I don't even think the Warriors fans could argue that. And, and if I was a Warriors fan right now, I'd be really pissed off at the Warriors players. Like I'd be like right, pissed off, or at least I give them an excuse. Like they're young, they don't really understand how important this is, but they don't get it. This is the, they clearly they don't they aren't getting it yet. They don't get it yet, and I hope they don't get it because if they get it, we're we're fucked. But if they don't get it, that's fucking fantastic because they just don't get it right now, and the Cavs clearly want it more and. You know, the Cavs, while not nearly as talented as the Warriors, are talented enough that want is way more valuable than talent at this level. You know what I mean? Um, um, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I, well, I do in the sense that um, these guys aren't – not everyone's James, – James Jones has, some ta- has, has one specific talent, right? Uh, there's a lot of guys in our roster like Kendrick Perkins that have no value whatsoever, uh, aside from uh, aside from being a you know a, a goon. Every team is a goon. Uh, uh, but my point is that Shump, guys like Shump and Smith and now Delhi are talented enough that uh, if the ta- the more talented players don't want it as bad as these guys want it, uh, we can win. We can win the series. We're going to beat them. That's what I mean. If 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 the more talented team wants it as bad as we do, then we're fucked. Do you, does that make sense? Is that fair? There's something to that. I think that leaves out uh, some game planning and scheming. Oh, of, co- of course, of course, too, of course, right? Of course, that is sort of separate from talent and will. Absolutely, um, Mike Brown demonstrated that. I feel like uh, he, you know his teams played super hard, but they had uh, you know they had good schemes on defense, but they just had no schemes on offense and. Not that our schemes and offense are not that our schemes are offense are brilliant, but they are like brutal in their in their intelligence. I feel like what we're doing is incredibly intelligent if not efficient. With with right. a guy like LeBron, LeBron, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we, we are going for I think we might be going for the record tonight, Maddie, because we have so much to get to. Um, and I don't feel like I'm done talking to you. <laughs> I don't think you're done talking at all. Oh fuck you. <laughs> How about you? Do you feel like you're done talking? Because if you're done talking, uh, I will hang up on you and be all pouty for the rest of the night. No, let's um, keep going. No, let's keep going. Uh, anyway, the other things I wanted to say was, um, you know, we complained about LeBron being, you know, uh, not getting calls. I saw a stat a bunch of times on the screens in the bar from ESPN showing that LeBron had more free throws than the entire Golden State lineup. Um, I don't know if anyone made a big deal out of this, but I feel like this should be obvious. That's because Golden State had no inside game; they had no shots uh, in the paint. We had a shit ton well, of shots two, in the paint because of LeBron James. Pat, two addendums to that: one, he had twelve free throw attempts for the game. The Warriors had twelve free throw attempts for the game, mm-hmm. so it was even. It's even but one of four of like one guy, you know, the whole thing. So one guy, but, has many but, free even, throw attempts. but but even even there, four of his free throw attempts were intentional fouls at the end of the game. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. It would have gone to anybody. We just happened to get to the ball to him. So he shot eight free throws from a game where he was working in the post and getting hacked. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I don't want to hear that at all from Warriors fans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, I agree. That interests me not a win. 100%. Um, other thing I wanted to say was um, I, I had this notion watching the Cavs and uh, talking to the, the other guys in the bar that watching the Cavs in this finals in this playoffs is like watching a horror movie. Um, it's just you know what's com- you know what's coming. 
<laughs> except, except you care you care about the characters more, I think, in, in this in the Cavs than you do about any in most horror movies. But it becomes predictable in the sense of, oh fuck, I that guy no, that guy's not dead. That guy's not fucking dead. He's not fucking dead. He's getting up. He's gonna get up. And he's gonna splash mm-hmm. one of the fucking threes. That's going to fucking happen. Yeah, I've seen it happen a million times since I watch fucking horror movies. Like, shut the fuck up. It's not over yet. That is one thing. Yeah. Uh, also, all the injuries. We play, like, we play our own. We play our own part in it too, Pat. Right. So it's go. like. The, the don't go back in the house, don't no, get in the God, car with a no, stranger. No, it's, no. We're doing it to ourselves. No, don't stop. God, no. No, don't do <laughs> I mean. Like, don't throw that pass. Don't throw that pass. Oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when I saw Shump throw the ball to Curry at the top of the key, that does that not get more, you know, Running, running away down the stairwell and turning that, opening the door and seeing Jason, you know, from Friday the 13th standing there ready to stab you in the fucking eye. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that doesn't get that what that was. It was like, oh my God, I could see that happening. It's the cat jumping out out of the corner, the cheap scare. It's, it's everything bundled into one. And that's why I, I just, uh, <laughs> I dissolve into a puddle in the floor of a bar. At the end of the evening, it's it's insane. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, my night was just was just a mess. All right, uh, uh, let's move things along, Maddie. Uh, this is obviously a long night, but you know, probably made longer by our technical difficulties. Um, hopefully, it's not as long as it is. I've lost all track of time, so let's just keep plowing through. I, I wanted to, sure. to take a pause for a mailbag section because we do have some friends that are uh, loyal listeners and send in comments and feedback and your requests for things. Uh, Stiggy, for example, uh, the vile Stiggy Thins, uh, was sending us comments uh, during our last podcast that we didn't get to some of them. One of them was uh, this comment, uh, plus minus is an incredibly misleading stat. You guys should stop talking about it. Uh, I, you know, as you know, probably subjected you, Matt, uh, to a long uh, exchange with Stiggy on this. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, my my final take on this, I like to your take on it as well. Is I was trying to convey to Stiggy, I'm not a a defender of the plus minus stat. The plus minus stat is clearly flawed. But Stiggy's position, as I think you could, could vouch for in the text exchange is that there is absolutely zero value to the plus minus stat meaning plus minus points just points alone not plus minus you know offensive rating defensive rating all that stuff uh the plus minus stat for an individual player is completely useless now you know i find the most use for plus minus stats in seeing how a certain player fits in a lineup that is where i see some you know use meaning it doesn't mean anything per se. It doesn't mean like an obvious, this makes sense. This guy's a grazing player because of this stat. It's a interesting. That's an interesting note. That that stands out. Why did James Jones have plus 22 in game two, right? Was it game two? Uh, yeah. Why did they have plus 10, 22? That would tell me I should look at the stats, other stats involving, you know, his, his role in these lineups. And why did those lineups succeed? That's what I think the plus minus does. It's like a it's like a, a telltale. It's the canary in the coal mine. It's like a it's like a flag, more than anything. It's not a great stat that tells you that like Kyle Korver is you know the fifth best player in the league or whatever. I feel like he he sent me like you know some 
play, you know, obviously plus minus the plus minus leaders in the league are guys playing on good teams. That's that's plus minus. I think it was teams. Danny Green actually. Danny Green, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you. Some guy like that, you know, who just you know, but you know, Danny Green's high up on that list because he also plays good defense and has three pointers. You know that 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 is on a team perspective a very valuable trait. And and I think it's a big reason why he's so high up in the plus minus. Doesn't mean he's the fifth best, fifth best player in the league, but it means that he, he plays a big role in effective lineups. Then you have to look dig deep deeper. So that that's what I think, Ziggy, about plus minus long term. Uh, 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 do, you, do you agree, Matt? What's your thought on that? Yeah, I'm pretty aligned with you on that. I mean, he's right that you don't just look at plus minus and see who's better, right? Yes, but I, 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 I would said I might that. make this. And I might make this analogy. You don't just look at the final score of a game to see which player is better than which, right? Yes. Like the, the Golden State Warriors beat the Cavs in the game one. That doesn't mean that Leandro Barbosa is better than LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. That would be foolish to think that. Yeah. But it's an indication that let's dig deep and see what happens. So that James Jones was plus 22 in the second game certainly stands out. I'd like to think a little bit about why that was. Was mm-hmm. he in the game just for a run? Mm-hmm. That was spurred by other players. Um, did he do something particularly well there? It's just like you said, it's something that can spark further investigation and conversation and is interesting. All stats are misleading. Yeah. Uh, Versteeg should know that better than anybody. He is an absolutist and loves to be right and got uh, got a little crazy on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's an interesting stat to spark conversation and further curiosity. Yes. It yes. is not an indication of who is better than who. I would never think that. But most stats aren't really an indication of who is better than who no, uh, in I, any way. Exactly, exactly. I, I, feel like, I feel like the plus minus is in, in some respects overrated, meaning it's, 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 not, it's, not, the, it, it's a, not a super useful stat. Uh, but I think it's not a super overrated stat because I think a lot of analytics guys uh, recognize it for its weaknesses. But, they, but, but the guys that I follow that I respect don't cut it out entirely. They just they point out and say this is interesting. It doesn't say everything, but noted. Like just just I'm just pointing it out. I'm just gonna put this here and walk away. Right. Here's which is stat. which is how we utilized it last time, right? Yeah. We said James Jones is plus twenty two. That's crazy. And TT's minus twenty one. That's yeah. a little weird. Yeah. It's not to say that James Jones is better than Tristan or had a better game than him or any of that, but yeah. it is interesting to me that we were outscored by 21 points what when Tristan Thompson was on the floor. That exactly. might have something to do with Tristan's play. It may not have anything to do yeah. with Tristan's to play. Me, it's a, it's it me seems it's like not, a worthwhile way to start to dissect the game and figure out what happened. Exactly. It's a sign to you, hey, I'm going to look into this more. What the hell's going on? Uh, why Tristan, you're obviously a better player than, than James Jones. Why is this happening? Uh, all right, I want to move into Rob's email uh, that we missed during the, the last podcast. Uh, and I think it kind of plays into what we were talking about today. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing. He said, it seems to me like in game one and game two, LeBron is trying to take the last shot to create his Jordan moment. He has missed both, and he gets erratic at the end trying to force shit. Do you think after this win, maybe he starts dishing at the end? Do you think he really does believe his teammates – got into the playoffs or do you think he's just saying it because he knows it is what he is supposed to do um i think i was impressed and happy at the end of game two that he drove the basket his shot in the end of game one was horrible i think it was that was probably fatigue that drove him well to i think that, that shot go ahead i think that one was a combination of a couple of things it was uh, maybe fatigue 
was the circumstances under which he took it, right? Like we wanted something right at the end of the buzzer, um, or right before the buzzer went off so that we did not give Golden State a chance to come back and do anything. I think they probably blew, I don't know, they maybe just did not draw something up that was very creative or very good. Golden State may have blown it up. Yeah, That wasn't a good shot, for sure. I was much happier, I agree with you, with what he did at the end of game two. Interestingly, in the overtime of game two, in the biggest moment when we were coming down, down one, LeBron uh, also drove, found resistance at the rim, and passed it off to James Jones to shoot the three-pointer that would have put us up by two, which Jones missed and led to the Delhi rebound. So I think right. LeBron has a pretty extensive history of not necessarily taking those shots in those situations. He generally looks for the best basketball play possible. Doesn't always do that, and sometimes he falls into hero ball um, more than I would like, but um, I don't – I think I – would say no to Rob's questions. I don't think he's trying to channel his inner Jordan. He does know that his teammates got him here, just that the teammates that he has now are not capable of creating their own offense in any way. So he has to initiate anything. That generally leads to him taking shots. But when he finds open guys, he's willing to give them the ball to take those shots. He trusts them to hit it, even in big moments, which I think James Jones demonstrated. Yeah, and I think that's really fascinating about LeBron is that – I. <laughs> He's the most reluctant guy to be doing what he's doing. Like this is this is the kind of game that he hates, you know. It's but he knows it's necessary because he's mm -hmm. lost the weapons around him. He doesn't have. I mean, he has the weapons. He has like guys who can shoot, but that's it. You know, he knows he's got to just to kind of force the issue, slow shit down, and just make it work. Uh, uh, so I, I think we didn't get a, we didn't get a game winning shot in game three. Uh, so we didn't get a good test to this, um, but I feel like uh, what he did in game two was the right thing of just driving to the basket and, and, and forcing the issue. I mean, it, it's interesting. It, it was more interesting, I think, in game one because he didn't give the ball to Kyrie, who I think was having success creating a decent shot in a way that LeBron wasn't because he had you know one of the best defenders in the league on him in, in Iguodala. So. So that, that yeah, you know, and, and again, though, I'd have to go back and watch the end of that game. I haven't done that. Irving brought the ball up, gave it to LeBron, and then I think the play got blown up. That's that's my you think impression, I, but I need to watch it again to really see that. Yeah, all right. My my impression was that like, Irving brought the ball up and gave it to LeBron because LeBron was the last shot. I feel like that was the plan, but again, that could be. But I don't think of I don't think a fall away three pointer with two guys draped on him was the shot they were anticipating him taking. No, exactly. I agree. I agree. That's what I mean by the play got blown up. I agree. Uh, uh, last big thing, although, although I think we have another Ned thing to get to as well. I, I wanted to get to Riffle's point. Uh, Dan Riffle, our, our buddy, who is a muckety-muck, by the way. Dan Riffle. Big deal. Big deal. A big fucking deal, as they say in the parlance of our time. Started from the bottom. Started from the bottom. Is up? now a uh, big shot. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Weed man? lobbyists. Weed lobbyists. Right, for the marijuana that's policy. A, that's project. a title on his business card. Did I pick the right, the right uh, uh, lobbyist group? Organization? Right? Yeah, I hope, I hope policy so. Policy project, yes. Dan, I that's apologize right. forever if I got that wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm truly embarrassed. I do apologize if I got that wrong. Uh, you anyway, did. That's his... That's what he was for. Yeah. He, uh, he said uh, he wanted to, to address the now pervasive notion that the Kyrie Love injuries saved the team and the Cavs would now be down three to nothing if it weren't for those injuries. He, um, uh, you know, Riffle, 
this makes me think, Matt, that Riffle hasn't actually been listening to all of our podcasts. Because uh, I think we, huh? I think we've addressed some of the Kevin Love shit. We haven't with the Kyrie because it's laughable. Um, the Kevin Love stuff is a little bit more, you know, mainstream. Uh, I know he listened to it. it, it look, and and Riffle, I do not mean to uh, impugn your uh, your loyalty because you did listen to us uh, to go to sleep, but I think you fell asleep early before your uh, 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 what, what did the triathlon? What do they do again, Matt? What do they do? Yeah, it was a triathlon, which is triathlon. weird. Which is also kind of weird, but cool, impressive, but weird. Um, so, Pat, I think he's actually asking a little bit more nuanced questions. So I don't think he's asking, right, uh, should enough, we not love next year and just roll with TT and then, whoa, maybe we don't have to sign. Like, I don't think he's asking that. I think he's saying oh. in this particular series against this particular opponent, are we better off playing with better defenders? So you get the two weakest defenders we had in our starting lineup out. You get two stronger defenders in for them. Is that a better way to beat this team than if we had had uh, our full complement? I okay. think that's the question he's asking. Okay, interesting. That, that's a good. That's a good interpretation. Is that is a, a generous interpretation, and I think probably the right one, honestly. Um, uh, no, only because I feel like Blatt is brave enough, has been brave enough throughout the season, to bench you know Kevin Love the entire you know entire fourth quarters four or five times. Everyone freaked out. Oh, Kevin Love's gonna leave. You know, playing the, the max player, and then I mean, you know, Kevin Love was like, dude. Uh, it was the best matchup. Like that lineup was cracking. You know, they they clamped down defensively. Why would you put me back out there? I, I don't do what TT does. You know, I hit threes. Tristan Thompson doesn't hit threes. You know, if you need threes, you don't want Tristan Thompson out there. If you need threes, you don't want me out there. Uh, not, right. exactly, not exactly what he said, but that's obviously why Kevin Love is 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 incredibly valuable. And you know, I want both of them on our team, not one or the other. Uh, but uh, you know, we would not be three and zero if we had the two of those guys in our team. We would probably be three zero on uh, uh, Golden State right now, because we would have some offensive punch to mix in with the defensive identity. And frankly, I think it really undersells how good defensively Kyrie Irving got. And I think Game One showed that, showed how good he was defensively. Uh, but also, I think also undersells how good defensively Kevin Love became. A, a team concept. Everyone goes, oh, he doesn't mm-hmm. like swat things away. He's not like the most likely guy. And honestly, he's got to preserve his fouls. He's an offensive guy. He's not going to like hack a guy when there's a, you know, layup attempt, you know, uh, you know, I mean, unless it's like, you know, you know, DeAndre Jordan or something like that, who guys not going to miss his, he's gonna, who's going to miss his free throws. You know, you don't give him a foul for, for easy baskets. You just let it go and keep moving. You know, it's like, ah, we got beat. All right, let it go. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't no, fault I mean, you for that. I agree with you. I think they would have the improvements. To the offense are so dramatic as to way outweigh the losses that we'd have on defense. And I think we could have schemed appropriately against this team uh, to yeah. to mask the weaknesses that that both Kyrie and and Kevin Love uh, can bring on that end. Agreed. And and really, and and that's especially, I mean, Love. I think because there's that's the real concern, right? Is what he can do out on pick and rolls. Um, but you can play. He can play Andrew Bogut. He's tough enough to play down there with him and play. You can play a lineup with him at center and TT at power forward for sure, or him at center and LeBron at power forward against these lineups. And I think he would have been fine. So I do. I do not agree with that. I also would 
much rather have Anderson Barishat back for this series too. Oh my God! Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine having that at your disposal for minutes? Yeah, be, just... For Andy to be playing fifteen to twenty minutes a game of just all that crazy Andy. Yep, absolutely. Wonderful. Um, so, 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 did you see, so, did you see the? Uh, did you see the question from my brother? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask about that. Uh, uh, why don't you? Why don't you read it? So he said, are you looking forward to LeBron continuing to channel his inner Mike Fratello? Serious question. And how much could we use Steve Coulter right now? Kind of serious. <laughs> I hope Maddie, only kind of. Uh, Maddie, I'm embarrassed. Um, I, I know who you Mike don't remember Steve is. Coulter? I'm, I know who Mike Fratello is. I don't know who Steve Coulter is. Who is Steve Coulter? I can't remember. Steve Coulter, I, I, don't know, I don't remember very well, but I'm pretty sure he's a journeyman – uh, point guard, like a mid-sized point guard who played a bunch of places in the league and played one season with the Cavs in the mid-90s for those Fratello teams. And I don't remember anything else about him from then other than he was totally unremarkable. Um, was, was, so I think he's it, asking how much could we use another, in a joking way, I don't think he really needs Coulter, but could, how much could we use another point guard that could handle the ball right yeah, I don't know. Who was the other guy? That, was his name Cotter? This guy who like the, the gigantic calves, like like literally calves, like like the, the lower leg extremity. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't. I can't remember his name. I, I, I gotta look him up because I, I have no idea. Um, high stocks, John Inger saying. I, I don't know who this guy is. I really, I really don't. Uh, I feel well, like so ignore that. I think he's asking just how much how much could we use a. Uh, Another back, a backup point guard who could play credibly, yes, and handle the ball. Obviously, yes, that's that's huge. But you know, part of that is Chump. But at the same time, we don't have more than Chump. No, that's what I'm saying. It'd be, I think that's his point. It'd be great to have another. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, it'd be it would be huge. We we fucking need that. So uh, about the first question, and so are you looking forward to LeBron continuing the channel as inner Mike Fratello, which I believe he means the same brand of gritty defense and slow the ball down. I mean, uh, very laborious offense. I mean, enjoy. I mean, John Krolik, uh, who, you know, is the founder of Cavs, the blog, uh, the true ESPN, true hoop, uh, Cavs blog. Um, you know, he, he is, you know, as he, I think he pointed out earlier today, he's like, I'm not going to say this is not what we need. It's obviously what we have to do to win, but I'm not going to say I like it or enjoy watching it. And I get that. Like, like as a fan, I don't give a shit about how it looks. I care about what it does because I want to fucking win a title more than anything just to get the monkey off our backs. Um, so, you know what? Honestly, I care so much more about winning yeah, I can't fucking wait for him to challenge Mike Fratello and slow this fucking game down. I mean, your brother's right. Your brother's right, actually. Uh, the genius of Fratello was he took these no-talent teams that had some outside shooting uh, uh, and found a way to slow the game down to make ourselves competitive against teams. Like, this is a team that had no business being in the playoffs, Right. And it found a way in every year, and you know it, it was overachieving because it played great defense and slowed the game down. 
it's not great for basketball long term. But you know what? We lost two of our best all stars. Can do what you got to do. And Cleveland fucking deserves a championship. Is what it does. And uh, you now know, this is to me. This is nothing short of remarkable, right? Like I, we came into the series anticipating a eighty uh, percent. Kyrie and got more than that in game one. My prediction then was still Cavs losing five, and I was pretty relatively confident about it. They've already beaten that without Kyrie, that they are hanging against this team, which had a historically great season. Yeah. Uh, is that much more talented than them, has home court advantage, that they've won two games, that they are a couple inches, a centimeter, whatever, from being up 3-0 on this yeah. team is un unbelievable and an amazing testament to LeBron and what uh -huh. he's doing and all the detractors fucking skip Bayless would make the kill list if he wasn't already dead inside mm -hmm. and his constant going I mean he just goes after little that's his business right I guess I'm playing into that but you what are you missing if you're not appreciating what LeBron's doing right now this is nothing short of incredible he's averaging 40 12 and 9 and has this team where it is with the limitations that they have it's so incredible. It's so point out he scored forty points last night, and his uh, his series average dropped. Yeah, <laughs> That's fucking insane. Um, before we move on, to my, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's, that is um, that this style of play is what we have to do for a number of reasons. One, we don't have people that can create offense; it all has to go through LeBron. Two, we need to slow the game down. And not let we can't we, we're going to lose a track meet by a lot to this team. So we have to slow the game down. Putting it in LeBron's hands minimizes turnovers. I know we're not running a bunch of stuff around him, but I think that my sense is that's also strategic, right? Even very simple pick and rolls and stuff we're sort of avoiding because um, we we do not want to turn the ball over because that's deadly against this team. It gives our players on offense a chance not to run around like crazy, but rest so that they can just go ballistic on defense. And it also makes a lot of sh a lot of the shots that we're shooting um, are not long threes that are going to allow for runouts and the very controlled shots to the rim with the offensive rebounding that we have means the Warriors have to crash the boards on D and allows our defense to get back. It does Absolutely. a lot of stuff right now, and there it's certainly inefficient and is at times ugly. Um, but I think it is a, a pretty basic necessity for what we have to do given the other really startling and shocking and striking limitations that we have with this roster right now. Uh, yeah. That's the funny thing about like the David Lee um, uh, reality is that that's, that's their secret weapon. But I think the reason that Steve Kerr has been so reluctant to use it is that it slows them down. It slows mm -hmm. down their mojo. And if they have to use the, you know, that's the, that, that is the great equalizer, right? If 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 their key to breaking this thing open is to play David Lee serious minutes, right, to counteract our rebounding, that slows down their secret sauce. That mm -hmm. slows down their formula for victory of fast break opportunities and open court shit because he's slow. Uh, you know, it will counteract our advantage in rebounds, but it will fuck them up on defense and it will fuck them up on fast break opportunities. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's becoming a really, it's, it's really becoming a coach's game, uh, which is fascinating to me. 
that you can have a guy like LeBron, who is one of those like Wilt Chamberlain-like figures, who can yeah, that's right, Luna. Um, that can become you know you, you think a guy like that you don't have to coach. You know we're so used to it with Mike Brown, who God love him was great coaching defense, but couldn't coach a full game, couldn't coach the complete game. I got it, Luna. Okay. Um, but, like, you know, that's what's happening right now. The, the two, these two coaches are making adjustments within games, between games, in a marvelous way that's making this such an amazing finals. Right now, currently, like, the highest rate, the highest rate of finals in history right now, Matt. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they've been incredible games. And like we said this earlier, but the adjustment, the chess match, what's coming next is going to be just fascinating to watch. Uh, what is this picture your brother sent us just now? Who is this? Look it up. Your brother sent us a picture in those old, like, electric blue Cleveland Cavaliers uniforms, the black and blue. I'm guessing that's uh, Steve Coulter. Uh, is that Steve Coulter? Number five? Those yeah. socks, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just pointed out those socks. Those are high socks. Uh, that looks fresh. That's what, that's what the kids say these days. Uh, those uniforms are so ugly. I, I hate those uniforms more than life itself. Those are the worst uniforms that ever existed in the history of the, of the organization. Um, before we move on from this and wrap things up, uh, I wanted to get to, to Ned a little bit. Yeah, Steve Cotter. Steve Cotter is, is what John said. That culture, I think, is what he said before. Steve Cotter. Um, I, that, that Cotter sounds more familiar, but I still really understand. Um, Ned made some good points in texting us uh, today. Uh, one of the more important things saying, per NBA Stats Twitter, LeBron drove to the basket 23 times last night. The highest league average this season was 11.9. As a reminder, Russell Westbrook played this season. Uh, and that continues, the dude is trying harder than is sustainable over anything more than a final series. Um, you know, and I think that's true. Uh, you know, LeBron is driving the basket so much and getting hammered so much and getting called like never. It's like four times max a game, mm-hmm. which to me is kind of crazy with how much he's getting space the way that because the whole point is the way they're defending him is to give him fouls frankly they're just smart about the fact that we, they won't call it uh because of the playoffs uh they're playing a one-on-one mostly and you know you know they're doubling the last second which is what leads to fouls and i i'm, I'm really shocked he's not getting more foul calls it's crazy yeah, that'll be something to watch as the series goes on, if that turns around at all or not for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be big. Um, all right, to, to, to wrap up here, because we're, we're, we're crazy over time. This might, we're definitely setting the record right now. Uh, another thing that Ned said that I think leads to my next point is uh, the comeback he thought from the Warriors last night was in due part to Cavs fatigue, Delhi, you know, tired to jump out in the pick and rolls. LBG was too tired to play offense. He's hoping two nights of no travel will give them enough energy to c- catch up. And, you know, what do you say? They need to give Shump what JFK dot got during the Bay of Pigs, <laughs> um, which is 
which is awesome. I, I, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm wholly in favor of that. Uh, anyway, uh, I think the most obvious thing going for Maddie is the Memphis parallel, right? Memphis went up two one in, in an identical fashion uh, on the Warriors, and then just got. I mean, I mean, every single game, the next three games were just not even close. Just complete blowouts, complete blowouts, right? How do we know that the Warriors aren't in the same situation? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll I'll let you start, and then I'll and then I'll, and then I'll try to finish. Sure. So the first thing that leapt to my mind when you brought this up was. Tony Allen got hurt between game three and game four, right? He was not, I think he played a little bit in that game six, but he was not close to himself and, and was not really a factor. Um, also, Mike Conley hurt them. But, yeah. Well, Mike Conley was hurt going into the series. He actually got healthy. I mean, he was never 100% healthy, but he, he, was, he played the rest of the series. Didn't Draymond Green break his face? No, he actually broke his face at the end of the – I can't remember who they oh, played in the first okay. round, the Trailblazers. Blazers, yeah, yeah, no. the, 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 yeah. The, the Blazers who I love and respect. Yeah, he, he uh, broke his face in that series. So he missed the first game of the Warriors series, which the Warriors won, and then came back for the rest of it. Um, but they lost Allen, which, which really messed with their, their defense. Um, so, you know, got – Trump is supposed to play tomorrow, so hopefully that does not happen to us. Um, yeah, what, what's but the besides that? Wait, 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 Matt, 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 hold on. So, so uh, Trump got an MRI today, right? Yeah, he's fine. It's a confusion. I mean, he's not fine. Shoulders clear. I mean, yeah, up, so it's fucked up, but whatever. He, he, he. It's not a shooting shoulder. He can play, so that's amazing. Yeah. And uh, let's hope he doesn't get, you know. Fucked up again. Go ahead. So beyond that, um, I think the parallels are very apt, and it terrifies me because I still think this Golden State team is really good. And while we've done it, you know, that that saying once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. It's a pattern now with how we've been able able to do their defense. Yeah, three games. Three games. I'm very scared that they'll be able to bust out. Yes. Um, I still expect them to blow us out. Again, yeah. in this series, it could happen in as soon as tomorrow night. I'm hoping yeah. that we can hang on tomorrow because I think they're going to crush us back here in game five, potentially. Yeah. Yep. Um, but in my opinion, it absolutely could happen. And it feels like momentum is on the Cavs' side right now, but we know how quickly that can change. There's no yeah. real such thing as momentum in a series like this. It's, they're separate games. Yep. And the Warriors could very easily storm back and start blowing us out. I yeah, and this and this, this this is a real counterpoint to to our friend Dave Deming's uh, point about uh, game threes, how the crucial. Yeah, you know, according to Deming, we've won the series already, right? Dave, you've basically said that we've won the series. Um, whether you really think that or not uh, is a different story, but you basically said the game three was our game seven. I hope you're right, and I will. Uh, be very nice to you for the rest of your life if you're right about this. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I didn't think game three was our game seven. I disagree with that assessment. Um, you kind of agree with him a little bit in a backhanded way. Um, uh, it, except that, you know, I- the point being, it's not over. You know, game three is crucial. It's clearly a crucial game. Like, we couldn't. 
I think you're right in the sense that we couldn't possibly win if, unless we won game three. Or the two, it made it so much harder. Um, but, you know, uh, as you said, it gets game to game. Uh, uh, each game creates its own momentum going to the next game. And, you know, frankly, Golden State, while losing this game, has the momentum going into the next game because of how well they played in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Maybe. Um, well, he- here are some other things I would say about the differences in the parallels between the Memphis series and the Cavs series. And this is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of promoted this in the tweet because I think this is the most important. I don't know. To me, it, it's, it's the real key thing. He- here's what happened in the Memphis series, right? Tony Allen won was the guy that was really fucking up uh, Golden State. Uh, then he got hurt. But even when he came back, and honestly, even before he came, he left or whatever, uh, Golden State, the reason why – I saw this – sorry, take a step back. Twitter – I forget who said this. Maybe it was Haverstrow, somebody like that, uh, was saying how Golden State was so cocky and relaxed after they went down 2-1, Right. They were just laughing, having fun, blasting music, just not even worried in the least. Not at all the picture after game three in the finals. They were fucking upset and worried and downtrodden, despondent, all that shit. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, uh, except that I feel like they got confident because they realized, oh, Tony Allen – is our kryptonite great we can play five on four the rest of the series because we don't have to worry about tony allen hitting a fucking shot because he's like the worst shooter in the world and can't do anything delhi is the same guy as tony allen in that scenario big difference it's 40 percent for the season from three-point land you can't leave him wide open and he burned them last night I hope he keeps burning throughout the series. Um, I'd rather keep doing that than doing anything else, uh, just hitting three-pointers. The point is mm-hmm. that Delhi actually is more dangerous offensively than Tony Allen, which is fucking crazy, first of all. Um, but that's a big, big, big fucking difference, one. Um, two, uh, we have LeBron. <laughs> that's also a big difference. Three. That speaks for itself. Yeah, just, just by itself. Three, uh, Memphis' biggest problem is Matt Moore of CBS uh, Sports points out, and he's a big Memphis guy. Uh, that's his, like, avatar is the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies guy. Uh, his big point is, like, he loves how Grizzlies play. He loves their defense. But they can't shoot threes. They just don't have three-point shooters. They just really don't. Mm-hmm. They probably that's it. We have a shit ton of guys who can hit threes. Mike Miller, James Jones. Uh, Shumpert, even to an extent. Obviously, J.R. Smith, Della Vadova can. LeBron even can in certain instances. You know, we'd lost our two of our biggest in Kyrie and uh, Love, but we still have a ton of guys who can shoot threes. That changes the formula against Golden State. So I think the Memphis 2-1 lead is very instructive. Um, you know, how we handle uh, uh, David uh, Lee is really important. But I think there's a big difference in how we can attack this team than how Memphis can because we have, we, we actually have more weapons even though we have less weapons, if that makes sense. 
We have more three-point yeah. weapons. We have more important weapons than Memphis had. I think we're better matched up against uh, Golden State than Memphis was. And that might give us, you know, uh, yeah, with LeBron, uh, uh, a real chance to this thing. Yeah. So here, uh, here's how I'm thinking about it a little, Pat. We need two more wins, two mm-hmm. of the next four. Mm-hmm. I am I am in sort of in my – I should preface all this by saying I'm in the worst spot of all, which is that I'm, I've started to believe and think that we can really do this, which is just – Terrifying. It's the worst, the worst possible thing that can happen to you, Matt, and to me. I'm, I'm a fucking mess and a disaster of a human being. It's bad. So I'm there. So in my, my, my hopes and my fantasies right now, there is a game that I, I talked about earlier. LeBron is outrageous is what he's doing so far, has been, that he has another year and just does something truly, truly unheard of. And he scores six, like, I don't know what it would be, like a 60-15 and, and 8 game or something like that. It's just blows people away and just wins a game mm-hmm. by itself. And that we have another game where one of our other guys steps up. JR is the guy I'm, I'm hoping for that can can go Nova at a moment's notice and put up, put up a 25 or 30-point game on his own. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that those two things happen. That's how I see us. That this is very non uh, non analytic or non scheme or anything, but like on a very simple level, we need our offense to come from someplace in two yeah. wins that we get, and that's I could see us getting that. Shumpert also has done nearly nothing on offense in this series, and has shown previously that he's capable of giving us a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not rule out him have. It's possible for him to put up eighteen to twenty two points in a game. Um, and be sort of that second man. Delhi stepped up last time. I don't know that we can count on him for 20 points. No. Again, ever in his life, maybe. We definitely um, can't. Not, not ever in his life. He's done it before. Ish. Ish. You know, in the teens, high teens. Uh, but, yeah. No, no. I, I, I 100% agree with you. And, and the funny thing is, a couple times, everyone, when Shump, sorry, not Shump, sorry, Smith, when Smith hits a shot, you know, Twitter, sports Twitter, basketball Twitter explodes with the could this be the sh- you know the Shump game? Fuck, yeah. I, keep doing this. I keep doing this, Matt. I said the Smith game, the J.R. Smith game, where he goes golf and goes just yeah. nuts, right? And it hasn't really happened yet. He got you know hot for a little stretch once, you know, last game, not really any previous games. Um, no, we need a game where he goes like seven for eleven from three point range. Yeah, exactly. We need one of those like Atlanta series games. If we get that, yeah. holy shit! Yeah, we might be able to really pull this off. And and, that, and that's the big thing and that's exciting about this team. The the other thing that's crazy about what I just said is everything beyond LeBron switching into a next year is premised on him holding this baseline of forty, twelve, and nine or ten. Holy game. shit! Like I'm just, I'm just banking on him doing that, and yeah. that not being a really great performance from him, which is absurd, Ab- absolutely fucking absurd. absurd. That is the new word I've invented, Matt. Of fucking absurd. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Holy um, shit! I pet slightly unrelated, but I have one thing I read today that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Yeah, go ahead. Which I'm, I'm guessing you did too, because I referenced the piece earlier. So I, it was the Ethan Sherwood Strauss piece on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, in talking about the how weird it is and the position that Golden State is in right now, and how different this felt from how they felt before. You talked about that, and he said it's so weird to see the team that was loose and 
and playing easy together feel this way, and the team that doesn't really get along, and then he had a parenthetical about how uh, noticeable it was to see Delavadova being the only player to return a hug from Blatt on the bench while everybody else snubbed him during the game. Um, so, one, I didn't really notice that happening. No. Possible also- that I missed it for sure. But two, are we really still riding this train, people? This is ridiculous. I mean... <sighs> or or the alternative is, Black really is sort of an asshole and difficult to get along with, and this is why he burns through teams and can't stay places very long. And it's he's doing good scheming and allowing Tyron Lue to do what he does as a defensive coordinator, et cetera, et cetera. And, but he really is sort of an asshole and difficult to get along with, and that's demonstrated in little moments like that. I, I, that's possible, I guess. It's certainly possible. I did see that, and I kind of lost over because I just think it's ridiculous and it's kind of embarrassing that you know Strauss, who's a good reporter, would 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 throw that shade. I guess is the way that only way to put it. Uh, you know, the more I see Blatt in um, you know kind of real scenarios. I don't get that. I don't. I, I don't see that kind of dickishness. I see it mostly with in response to the press than I do to um, his players. Frankly, anything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and oh shit! I, you know, it's funny. I I, I I thought I had posted in my in my uh, uh, article here. A great uh, a piece. There's a great piece by Chris Haynes, and I and, and I've missed it. I'm, I'm, it's killing me because um, I can't find it right now, and I'm not going to make you guys wait for it. But there's a great Chris Haynes article about Matthew Delvadova that includes um, a amazing uh, uh, interview with uh, uh, David Blatt. Um, Actually, I think I may have found it here. Hold on. Uh, I'll pull this up. Uh, a great interview with David Blatt about Matthew Delvadova that I think is across the kind of guy that 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 that, that uh, Blatt is in a way that I don't really believe the players don't buy into it and are into it. Like, now, at the same time, you know, Chris uh, – not Chris Grant. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh, uh, who, who's our GM, Matt? I've already, I, I'm, I'm... David, David Griffin? Yeah, Griffin, who I fucking love. Uh, Griffin, uh, you know, has has been going out of his way to credit Tyron Lou with our amazing defensive performance, which is the you know triumph of the season. Um, uh, anyway, you know, Chris Haynes early in the season, you know, uh, wrote a piece, uh, uh accusing Blatt of overusing Delavadova and speculating that he just likely sees himself in, in the Australian. Apparently, Blatt remembered that story and graciously invited Chris Haynes into his office for an exclusive, for an exclusive interview after the game three victory. Uh, I'm going to quote from his article here. We sat on his sofa, and that's when, as the young folks would say, he went in. And you were full of shit, Blatt said in hilarious fashion, referring to that article. I've been waiting to tell you that for a long time. Uh <laughs> His childhood friend from Boston was in the office as well and couldn't hold it together, bursting out in laughter. Chris is a man. He can take it, Blatt said with a smile. And basically, Chris is a real good guy. But sometimes, like other writers, when the sun sets, they turn into an asshole. 
This is what Blast said. I, I fucking love this guy. I, I, I feel like if I knew this guy in real life, I would actually fucking love him. Probably hate his politics. Probably get the huge arguments about politics. But like him as a human being. And I feel like, you know, in the trenches of a fight like this, that's the fucking guy you want. The kind of guy that you would hate in politics and would, you know, fight to the death in a political battle. But in a basketball battle, you would go to fucking war with. Because he's got your goddamn back. He's got the back of Tyron Lue. He's got the back of every guy. He gives credit to everyone, takes responsibility for failures. This is a guy that, while cocky and dickish and arrogant to reporters, is the kind of guy that, you know, stands up for the guys that matter. And, you know, his team. And, and, yeah. So I think that's probably the best read, Pat, is that, is that the media does not like him and doesn't get around with him because he's churlish with them and he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this this piece, read this piece. I'll, I will try to I, at some point tomorrow. I'll try to poise this poise. 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 I I am setting new records and mispronunciations. Uh, it goes with the the copious amounts of of booze I drink during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh. Poist, the, the po- I will try to poist to this podcast uh, a link to that article. It is a fantastic piece. Chris Haynes is a super interesting and fun uh, uh, sports journalist because <laughs> I feel like it wasn't Chris Haynes the one who wrote the uh, Tristan Thompson's value of the Cavaliers is incalculable article. I think that's season. And, you know, it sounded really dumb at the time, right? It sounds super smart now. Um, and I'm not going to give him super credit for that because it was kind of dumb at the time. <laughs> but, but he's a really fun, interesting, smart, bold uh, sports writer. And, and, and generally speaking, I find something useful in all of his pieces, even if there's some uh, hyperbole in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really high re- highly recommend reading Chris Haynes in the uh, Cleveland.com uh, Northeast you know, you know- Ohio media group, whatever this this newspaper is called now. Go ahead. You know, it's interesting to think about a little for me is this, whatever happens in this series, uh, the Cavs defense is going to get some acclimation, right? Like even if we get blown out the next three oh, games. Oh, yeah. Even if we lose the next three games, uh, uh, we've, we, we're going to get respect. There's, right. And the guy who's going to get a lot of respect from that is Tyron Lue. Oh, It yes. is I'm pretty sure too late for him to get in on any head coaching gigs next yep. year right like yep. the denver job's gonna get filled orlando's filled i can't remember who else what other jobs are i feel like there's one i'm blanking on right now that's open but most of the jobs are gonna are, are not gonna be available for him then which means we could hang on to him for another year he's certainly not gonna go be an assistant coach somewhere with what we're paying him um but he's gonna start to attract attention you know you saw alvin gentry get poached from the the warriors for the new orleans job what uh, what is this What are you talking about, Pat? <laughs> this is Matt. That was amazing. What was that? Was that you? No. Did you hear any of that? I heard something happening. I don't know what you're talking about, though. I was blathering on about Tyron Lue. Uh, I I heard something ridiculous that may have been something on my browser playing. Bet 
I because I'm wearing headphones right now. I thought was playing uh, in our in our podcast, and I can't wait to find out if it actually recorded because it sounded hilarious. Um, sorry, Matt. Finish what you're saying because uh, I think I think we've exhausted any usefulness, uh, or at least I have. Uh, I I'm probably a waste of uh, time right now. But finish what you're saying because uh, I I didn't hear the last uh, 15, 15 seconds of what you're saying. My point was just. Tyron Lue's going to get a lot of attention after this series, no matter what happens. We got him locked up yeah. for another year, and that's a nice thing to think about and keep in our back. That's fucking, no matter what. That's fucking amazing, right? I mean, yeah. Look, we can, we can we can worry about that later. What you know, depending on what happens in the rest of the series. Uh, uh, but that is such an encouraging thing. Absolutely, and, and knowing how well these. Two coaches seem to get a get get together and knowing how much you know David Platt stands mm-hmm. up for Tyron Lue uh, is really fucking encouraging. Uh, uh, you know, beyond next year, who knows? But still, that's great for next year. Uh, but you know what? Fuck it, Matt. Uh, as Nike says, uh, as Nike said in that full page, you know, black ad that my you know my dad told me about full page and you know the plane dealer yesterday, just full black Nike ad saying. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, uh, oh fuck! I'm gonna blow it. But you, you blew it already. I've already blown it. It's too late. <laughs> it, it's blown. It's blown. But uh, 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 maybe this, maybe this is this year. That the, did I get it right? Maybe. Waiting for this year? No. Like maybe there's this year. Like it's this year. Not wait till this ah. year, but like it's this year. There's, oh no! The, ah, fuck! I did blow it. There it is. There's always this year. That's what it was. Ah. There's always this year. Yes. And that's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. They did that. Ah, there's no need to do that. And it just said there's always this year. Uh, it was a great playoff. The waiting for next year uh, 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 blog, uh, which is a fantastic Cleveland sports blog. But you know that's that's you know how we're all feeling right now, and uh, you know maybe that maybe there is always this year. We'll see. Uh, it, it feels that's unnatural. The scariest notion of all, Pat. It's the scariest notion of all. It feels unnatural as a Cavs fan to feel that way. Uh, you know, <laughs> John's asking me if I'm two or three times the legal limit right now. Uh, I'm probably closer to three. Uh, I'm also just incredibly tired because I've had like five hours of sleep every single night this entire week. Uh, either it's the podcast that keeps me up really late at night or the Cavs game keeps me up really late at night. And, uh, uh, and, and Ned, I love you. Uh, I'm going to stay up a little bit later tonight just to make sure that these podcasts get out to you so you can wa- listen to it on the, uh, uh, on the ride to work tomorrow. So uh, that's another reason why I'm going to be uh, uh, not at high-functioning capacity. Uh, tomorrow night either. So, well, well, we better wrap it up then, Patty. Holy we'll shit! Yes, we should. Yes, this is this is we're we're closing on two hours probably. I don't know what our combined uh, podcast time is, but this is. Probably, I think we. I think we blew that? through two hours. No, well, we blew through two hours. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. Not even close. We're definitely through two yeah. hours combined. This is a ridiculous podcast. I apologize to all of our viewers, uh, except the ones that enjoyed it. Um, Matt, probably our listeners too. Yeah. What did I just say? 
Viewers, viewers. I said viewers. It's just a podcast. Well, there are some people on YouTube that look at our, our, our I guess, uh, avatars. So there's some. Patty, let's get you to bed, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a big night, buddy. Oh my let's god. Get you to bed. I, I gotta go to work. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, all right. Um, I'm excited. I'm terrified. I'm horrified. I don't know what to think. I'm gonna be in a puddle tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know where you're going to be, Maddie, but I'm excited. Are you going go to go to a bar tomorrow night? Are you going to you know, watch it at home? No. I think I'm isolating myself at home. It's too intense. I don't know. I might go out to a bar again. I don't know. I, I'm, I, can't, I haven't decided yet. Uh, it's be exciting, though. Either way. Good luck. Go, yeah. I don't know what to do. All right. Uh, let's just end this right now. I love you, Maddie. Uh, go Cavs. You too, buddy. Until next time, uh, well, guys, we'll talk to you guys the, later this weekend. Uh, until next time, uh, Maddie. For Maddie. Friendship. Friendship. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Pretty good. All right. See you tomorrow, buddy. Get some rest, buddy. Talk to you soon. Go Cavs. Go Cavs.